Great customer experience rules the world of business in our digital age. Expectations are higher than ever. And the companies that deliver? They're on top because they know how to harness the power of artificial intelligence and automation. Want to sharpen your acumen? Then tune in to the CX Experience. Each episode, host Eric Cavanaugh interviews the brightest minds in digital. From AI and machine learning to analytics and automation, you'll learn it all. And now, here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. So what is customer experience? It is what it sounds like. It's the experience you have as a customer working with a particular brand. And I thought of a fun story today to give a bit of a metaphor to describe what we're talking about. I went bowling over the weekend with the family. It was a lot of fun. And when we went to, to sign up, we gave them our information, three people bowling. They took our phone number and said, okay, we're going to text you a link. And then you can check on that link to see where you are in the queue. And it's great because it's dynamic. So you, when you click it first, there are, let's say, 12 people in front of you, but you can see their names, how many people are in the party, Jenny party of two, Fred party of four, et cetera. And at least you know where you are in the queue and then it automatically updates. So anytime you click that link, it's going to show you the current state of the queue and where you are in that queue. So this is good customer experience because now I have this information and it's great. It's real world transactional data. Who's in front of me? How long is it going to take roughly? And of course, over time, you can go back as a venue and examine that data. So you can see, hey, when Bob's running the front desk and Susie's working in the back room, everything is great. When Fred's working it, not so much. This is great from a business perspective and also from a, cons- a customer perspective because the business knows what works and what doesn't. You can track things with real data. You know how much time it takes. It's not just an estimate. And you can learn over time. So you can optimize your business. You optimize the experience. And that's just one small example. Obviously, what we'll talk about today is really the nexus of all these different technologies, analytics, artificial intelligence, big data, and also some research. So Varent uh, recently went out and had some research done. It's very, very interesting stuff. And with that, let's bring in our first guest, Jenny Palasik from Varent. So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and Varent and what you're doing to improve the customer experience. I am uh, vice president of um, insights, experience, and enablement. So my job is really to understand what's going on um, with our customers, but also with employees. Um, we also focus in on enablement. So a lot of my work is setting expectations. So understanding what the data is telling us, and then from the data, making decisions. So a lot of our recent research is something we'd love to talk to you all about today. Yeah, and I love this concept, the engagement capacity gap. So this report is out now. It just came out recently. And it really talks about um, what the the users you surveyed are saying is their experience. What are some of the things that you wanted to accomplish when you engage this research project? Well, we first did it about a year ago. Um, A year into the pandemic, we thought companies are really struggling. Um, We wanted to understand what their experience was engaging with their consumers So we asked about 2,700 business leaders who were involved in customer engagement, decision-making, and purchasing what their experience was. And what we found was that um, the expectations of their customers was a lot higher than the organization's ability to respond to it. And that, Mm. in a sense, is (laughs) engagement capacity gap. Um, And we thought it was really important to understand what they were facing. And then we repeated again this year, um, knowing that we're two years in, um, a lot of consumers are impatient. 
They want to know that organizations have figured it out. Um, so we repeated the research and got a lot of great findings the second year. New um, workforce dynamics, new technology, new strategies. Yeah, and there's a lot of new stuff going on out there. Hybrid work, for example, we're coming out of the pandemic, knock on wood, thank goodness. But uh, you're not just going to change back, right? We'll talk to Maribel Lopez about that later on in the show. But very serious changes have taken place. I mean, one of the things I heard is that a lot of the predictive models that were used by online retailers went out the window because behavior changed and those models were trained on old behavior. So the pandemic caused all sorts of trouble, one of which was really upsetting the apple cart of how people behave, right? Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch different industries respond. Um, and I think most industries were struggling at first to understand how could they you know, still engage their customers, still drive commerce. Um, the travel industry was one of the ones that was hit the most. And we'll talk a little bit later about the Engagement Preparedness Index, the EPI, as we like to call it, um, and different industries, what they invested in, how they pivoted and changed over the last two years. The ones that did it well, that acted, that tried new things, they're the ones that are doing better uh, moving forward. It's really a competitive market out there, even more so now. Yeah, sure. And this concept of empathy comes up. A lot. And I've done the conference circuit for years in this industry, and that's been a hot topic for at least the last five to seven years, And meaning wanting your employees to show empathy to the customers, for example. But if, if that is going to happen, then you also need the employees to feel like management is showing empathy to them, right? It's not just a one-directional or unidirectional scenario, right? You want everyone involved to keep this in mind and then help it shape how they respond and how they work every day, right? Yeah, that was actually one of the top findings of this year's research. Um, 91% of the survey respondents said that they were investing in technology to either assess or improve the empathy that they're employees and their customers both had. Um, but you bring up the good side of you have to be empathetic to your employees so they can in turn be empathetic to their customers. Um, it, you can't just look at one side of it. Yeah, that's right. And, and one of the stats that jumped out of me is that 76% of business leaders believe customer engagement challenges will increase. And just to throw some context around that, Customer engagement takes lots of different forms, but it's pretty simple stuff. You get right down to it. You have point of sale where something is happening. You have customer support over the phone. You have chat bots. There are different ways you can encounter and and, uh, deal with customers. And uh, you want to understand which ones want to be reached out how. This is called channel management. Some people like a direct message. Some people want a phone to be called. Some people like direct mail. And the better you know your preferences of your customers, the better off you can treat them, the better off you can route their communications through those appropriate channels. Right, Jenny? Mm -hmm. It is. It's important to know what your customers want. And I think we're finding that customers don't like picking just one. Um, They want to be able to have a lot of flexibility in how they interact with the brands that they love. Um, And when they're struggling, they might reach out to you on the website and then on the phone and then by chat. You know, so understanding how all of those connect together is really important. Yeah, and being able to to weave a cohesive strategy around that with your messaging to be able to to leverage that and have that information available to a customer service person. I mean, these sound like simple things, but behind the scenes, it can be pretty challenging to pull that off. But you want to know, for example, when the person does call, you know, typically that's going to be an escalation, especially 
if they're usually on the website or or on text messages on their phone or something, and they call, it's like, uh-oh, they're serious now. And if you have that information, that history, then the customer service person can jump right to it and figure out what's going on. They say, oh, I see you, we're on the website. Is that what you're calling about? These are little bits and pieces when it comes together that really help improve the customer experience and keep the customer happy, right? Yeah, it really is. And I think if you can anticipate why someone's calling, you know, sometimes you can suggest an answer to the question that customers often have after they've had an experience. I think it's being smart about artificial intelligence and, you know, what are the perceived or likely intents someone has when they're chatting with you, when they mention certain words. There's so much technology out there that it's not technology for technology's sake, but being smart about how and when you use um, different methodologies. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's bring in our other guest here. We have Maribel Lopez from Lopez Research. I've known Maribel for quite a few years now, and she's a real expert in this space. We're very pleased to have her on board to help us understand this stuff today. So Maribel, first, tell us a bit about yourself and how you are working to help improve customer experience. Sure. Um, so I'm Maribel Lopez. I'm the founder of Lopez Research and also a nonprofit called Data for Betterment. The nonprofit focuses on helping people understand Uh, how technology will change the future of work, which really fits quite square into this. But at Lopez Research, I help people understand, you know, what kind of business value certain technologies will bring. And the thing I think is really interesting right now is we used to have this separate, here's the customer experience and here's the employee experience. Mm -hmm. And now the beauty of what we're trying to do is really understanding that you can have a good customer engagement um, without great employee experience so that's some of the some of the research i'm working on now is trying to figure out how we move into hybrid distributed work how that changes engagement and how technology can enable that yeah and uh you know future of work uh, i often joke is the present of work right there's this concept we throw out there the future of work but really we're talking about what's happening right now and yes what's going to be changing but the big change i think has taken place and that is that we now see lots and lots of jobs are work from home. Lots of jobs people thought or said couldn't be done from home. Guess what? They can be done from home. We've seen it happen. And uh, I think it's interesting. I think uh, we joked before the show that you were saying you don't think it's going to be going back to normal, normal ever. And I think you're probably right about that. And so that really speaks to the clarion call to business people. Figure it out soon, right? Figure out how hybrid work is going to work for your organization. What can you leverage? I think, uh, you know, COVID as a forcing function was very interesting because now we all are much more aware and cognizant of our gaps, right? And this report I love is the engagement capacity gap. You know, knowing where those gaps are is like the first step to solving a problem, right? Or building a bridge. Well, I think the gaps have also changed. I mean, I think that you, you mentioned COVID and how COVID was a forcing function for a lot of things. And I'm sure, you know, 50 years from now, we're going to be writing textbooks that say that. But, uh, but if we really think about it, um, some of the things that changed actually made the capacity gap worse. So, mm-hmm. and, and we have technology to alleviate that, but let, let's, let's unpack that a little bit because you were uh, just talking about this concept of engagement not being the same. So one of the things that we saw was we moved from an environment where maybe some people were more phone-based, maybe some people were more messaging-based, but basically everybody went to some format of digital for at least some percentage of time. And that meant your customers too. Uh, What happened when we got to the point where everybody went digital, not everybody did digital evenly across organizations. So unfortunately for most companies, 
What's happened now is that customers have now grown to expect a great experience that mirrors the ease of digital, no matter what channel they're in, whether they're walking into your store, whether they're calling you on the phone, whether they're having a live chat with you, they expect that consistency of data and information. And that's really difficult. So that actually, back to the part where um, you were talking about the people that said they thought it was going to get more complex. I think that that's what they're feeling right now. And then that means that it actually gets more complex for the people that are serving those customers. So now they're expected to know more about more products. They're expected, because we've introduced some interesting digital technologies such as virtual agents and better ways to access information and services digitally and do self-service, now when they actually talk to an agent, it's much more complex what they're trying to do. Yeah. And the other big change is the engagement itself. We're actually asking people to move beyond just support. Um, It's support with empathy, but it's also advice, cross-sell, upsell. It's it's full-on customer experience engagement, like taking the customer through an entire life cycle of sales Mm -hmm. through support. And I think that that's a very different way of thinking about it because it's not just anything could happen in any channel, to your point. It's not nicely siloed the way it used to be. And you have to be prepared to support that. That's really interesting. You know, uh, Jenny, I'd like to bring you in real quick to comment on something because I got a great idea as Mirabel was talking here, um, which is we have so much more data now to understand each part of that journey, right? There's the onboarding, there's the initial discovery, there's the onboarding, there's the nurturing, there's post-purchase, for example. There are all these different steps. And now, especially with e-commerce being so robust and so much information available by which channel they came through, what they clicked on, where they went, all that analysis is great. So you can improve each component part. You can figure out, hey, we're good at getting people to the store. We're just not so good at getting them to buy things. And so now you can really focus your efforts on optimizing the parts that need help. Right, Jenny? You can. And I think it's important to use that data to make those improvements because Each customer experience is going to be somewhat different and their expectations are going to be different. You don't have a one-size-fits-all customer, just like you don't have a one-size-fits-all experience. So Mm -hmm. I think having that data and really analyzing it to know what's going on does let you make specific improvements at different steps in that journey. Yeah. And lots of people can get the data too. Uh, Maribel, I'll bring you back in to comment on that. You can feed that data, that analysis to anyone on the team, to the operations people, to the senior executives, to whoever up and down the value chain. And the more that appropriate information is shared, the better off the whole experience is for everyone, right? Yes. I think what's happened in the past is we were in an environment where data was very isolated for Hmm. whatever reasons it was isolated. Uh, Now we're talking about building data-driven cultures and data-driven ecosystems within organizations, but also across organizations. So some of the people that are best in class have managed to break down their internal data silos, integrate data into their applications and workflows, and now are even connecting with third-party data to enhance their offerings. But it is definitely a journey where first you have to get to the point where you have all of your data, it's accurate, it lives wherever it needs to live, but you can still do analysis on it. But more importantly, data, if you have to go to it in some dashboard, is fairly useless. (laughs) You need data within the context of the applications and the workflows that you're using. You need to be able to act on that data. Um, That data can actually come 
in more than a format of numbers. You know, one of the things that I think is very powerful, particularly as we talk about customer engagement right now, is this concept of uh, predictive, guided, next best actions. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to give people the information. You know, earlier we talked about anticipating what the customer was going to call about. Well, if we can anticipate what the next engagement is, then there's sort of a logical set of paths that you could probably go down that the person that's responsible for the engagement at that time may or may not think of themselves, but technology can help guide them through this. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CX Experience. We hope you learned a thing or two. And check out Varent.com for case studies, ebooks, and white papers about the ultimate customer experience. <laughs>